Thank you for calling Gillespie Insurance Services. If you know your party's extension, you may enter it at any time. If you're calling for a quote on a new policy, press 1. If you're calling for assistance with your existing policy, press 2. If you're calling specifically for one of our staff members, press 3. To reach Allegra, press 1. To reach Jessica, press 2. To reach Iva, press 3. To reach Eli, press 4. Hi, this is Eli. Eli, it's Joey Jingola. Hey, Joey, how's it going? Good, how you doing, sir? Good, did you have to, uh, did you call my direct line or did you use the phone tree? This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's funny. You know, I was just listening to your podcast on the way down here to work today, Old School Selling, listening to it right now. And I thought, I wonder if Joey's going to call me because he's called some of these people after the Grow program. And I thought, no, he's not going to, man. Yeah, I called you, Eli. I did. What do you think about that? Never say never, right? I mean, I don't know why Eli was was, uh, being... Uh, that was Eli Gillespie of Gillespie Insurance out in California, and uh, I don't know why he was—he he doubted himself if he wasn't cool enough to to get a phone call for the show. Uh, yes, I did. I did call uh, a lot of the people that I I got a, actually a chance to meet at Grow Labs in Chicago back in uh, what was it September? Yeah, September. It was, wow, time flies. It's been a long time since Grow Labs, and we're already planning Grow Labs 2017, so that's going to be pretty exciting. But I I just had to have some fun because it was a good clip from Eli, and I, I didn't want to not include it. And um, I thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of give you, the person sitting here listening to this, yes, you, a chance, if I don't know who you are, an opportunity to be on the show. So if you think you want to have a call that will possibly end up in the mix for a couple of these shows here on Insurance in Your Words, uh, shoot me an email, joey at growprogram.com. Tell me where I can call you and just be ready for a random phone call to talk about insurance and your business and your agency and and what you're doing and what you want to do better and and how it's not working and and all that fun stuff. And, um, and, uh, we'll, we'll get you on the show. I think I've never, I'm only going to do this in this episode. Normally it's kind of a secret. Usually I pick from our email uh, list of people reading the newsletter that I kind of sneak attack and call, but I thought it would be fun to open up today's show and just be in the giving spirit. You know, it's Christmas, it's the holiday season. And let's just say, let's, 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 uh, let's open this thing up a little bit. And this is the only time I think I'm going to do it. And, um, if you think that you want to, uh, you know, have, have, uh, you know, usually it's a, it's a decent conversation between 30 and 60 minutes with me, talk about whatever you want and allow it to be then chopped up for future podcast episodes, joey at girlprogram.com. But um, yeah, I, I was just surprised that Eli. I was surprised that I called him. I've I've known Eli for a while, even before Grow Labs. We've we've communicated, and um, and we're gonna get into some stuff with Eli that he learned, or he took away from Grow Labs uh, from that time that we got to meet, and and what he's actually doing to move his agency forward, and how he's really looking at things, taking the opportunity to really examine things and if he's doing things the right way and if he can do more with less and less with more and what he can do to to actually make sure he has 
you know, the right amount of people for the right amount of work and the right amount of systems and processes to be able to make all that happen. We used to have three, three of us work in commercial lines and I'm the producer. And then we had a accounts manager, CSR, and then I guess we had an accounts manager and then a CSR. And I was looking at the ratios and I always knew we were overstaffed. In fact, some of the stuff that Jason was talking about, uh, revenue per employee, like so we were below, we were below average, which always bothered me. And then uh, one of our, our CSR, she actually resigned because she had twins. She had babies and she decided she wanted to be a mom. And so it was good. Then figuring out how to make everything work just with the two of us. And that's been going all right as well, although I found myself doing a little bit more service work than I'd like because my uh, accounts manager, she was saying that she's just stacked and really busy. And I don't know about you, and I don't want to call it Eli's account manager, but I, I, I really make it a very concerned effort to, to not tell somebody I'm really busy, even though literally recording this podcast today, this is one of the busiest days of the entire year for me personally, selling individual health insurance. That is December the 15th, the deadline for January 1st effective dates for health insurance policies. And I can't believe I'm even actually getting this podcast in, but I always hate to tell people how busy I am because it's such an abstract thing. And, you know, something that you can't really quantify and, are you really busy or are you just unorganized? Much like what we talked about in last episode of the confident time management you're kind of afraid of. Um, you know, is it truly that you literally physically cannot handle a single more piece of business or piece of work to do? Or are you just not being as effective and efficient? And then you're leaving your, your boss, essentially your producer to then handle more lower value kind of activities and not be out there producing. And again, Eli is saying that he's, he's in there doing, you know, service work. I tell you, I tell you fellas, I mean, again, this is commercial versus, you know, personal, and this is health insurance versus PNC. But, you know, I literally just got off the phone an hour ago or two hours ago with a guy who, who has been watching my videos for several weeks and has been stalking our website constantly. I've been watching him go through all the different pages because we get notifications when he does, if, if you've become a lead and I've been watching him hit it. And then, you know, when they, the phone buzzed and somebody said, I have a Paul, I was able to answer the last name before they even said it. I knew who it was. And he was trying to get me off the phone. He was trying to get me off the phone because he didn't want to waste my time because he thought I was busy and he's appreciated everything I've already done for him, which was just watch the videos that I already put out. He expected nothing of me other than he was surprised I was answering the phone. All he was calling me to do was ask for my national producer number so he could put my information on his health insurance application to give me credit for the sale. And again, I was like, well, hey, listen, well, let's pump the brakes here, Paul, because guess what? I mean, I'm your agent now. If you're going to put me on the app, you might as well put me to work a little bit. And I said, like, you know, do you have any questions and all that fun stuff? But again, the idea of, uh, of, of service work that Eli's doing and, and the staff, that's a little bit of a side rant that I don't know that I wanted to fully get into. It's just a, it's something that, you know, again, we touched on it last show again of, are we really in the service business? And I think if you set the proper expectation and if you set up, set yourself up as somebody that, you know, they value your opinion as an authority in the space, they just want you to provide that opinion, that, that knowledge and provide that recommendation and help them through the process and they're willing to do, you know, some of the legwork themselves, uh, assuming you make it convenient and easy for them. But back to the whole staffing thing, um, you know, Eli, 
is finding himself doing some service work. Uh, I would obviously maybe think of, of ways to, you know, kind of do that. I would also, I would double check your account manager's kind of situation there. You know, is she really busy because, uh, well, let's put it this way. Is she really busy or, you know, and is some of that service work immediately like, like pressing things again, this is an ignorant, you know, health insurance agent talking about commercial business. At least I'm thinking it's commercial business that Eli is doing because that's mostly what he does. Uh, is it, is it immediately pressing? You know, is it something that, you know, is it, she is, she's not able to handle it because she's expected to get it done by the end of today when, you know, really by the end of tomorrow morning would be acceptable. And if that was the case, she could do it. And then Eli wouldn't have to spend the time doing it and he could spend the time selling. I don't know. Just something to think about as, as you really kind of figure out your staffing, are you overstaffed? Are you understaffed? Are you perfectly staffed? Um, you know, that, that's what Eli was trying to get after. And, and that's why they didn't replace that employee. Cause they thought they were overstaffed initially. Interesting to say, but what's more important is, is what can you use? What are the tools available to you right now that can help replace the productivity of that employee without necessarily replacing the full cost? How can you be more effective and efficient in doing those things? And are you actually taking advantage of them? That scenario helped me get really interested in some of the stuff we're talking about with Marblebox and more automation, some of the things I'm, I'm doing for our welcome kit emails, and then maybe a way, using an executive assistant like a Wave. So I've been interested in that and haven't, I, I moved forward with Rocket Referrals as well too, because I thought maybe that could automate some of the things I'm doing. Now we're really going to dive into what rocket referrals can do and what Eli hopes that they can do and what I kind of hope they can do, even though I don't really fully know. We're going to do that in a, in a completely different episode. However, uh, you know, again, talking about tools like rocket referrals, like Marblebox, like Wave, um, you know, Marblebox definitely is something Jason's used in his agency for, for quite a while. And uh, it's something that, you know, can really help you focus and get certain things off of your plate. Again, those little service things. And, and, and you know, these are the tools that Eli is, is starting to kind of come around to saying, maybe these are, these are more efficient ways to get the work that we were used to doing done. And again, Marblebox is basically your CSR, your account manager, but they're not in your office and they're going to do the work. Uh, you know, no matter if they're having a baby or not. And it's just, again, it's, it's, it's the work's going to get done regardless of who's there. They're going to have people back up their people. And, and it's an actually a very interesting way to look at it and, and a very practical business decision to make because, uh, again, you don't have to worry about somebody's schedule. Now you don't have a body in the office, but again, I honestly, I don't think that that's a thing anymore. My dad always used to say, you know, we need a body in the office. He always, he always make me feel guilty for working from home because I'm not there to, to handle some of the physical duties, if you will, of being actually in the office. And, and I, you know, I think that we need to be moving more and more away from anything that, that would require that. I mean, we know that, you know, again, phone systems can be, uh, you know, uh, you don't need to be in the same physical location to answer a phone. If you have somebody answering the phone, uh, you know, if you're taking payments, taking payments is probably one of the most counterproductive things that you can do. Uh, it's actually costing you money to take that payment. Uh, it's all of those sorts of things that, you know, it makes the, those physical bodies unnecessary in the office anymore and makes services like Marblebox a lot more practical. And, and it's stuff that you don't have to worry about, right? It's just the stuff that nobody in the office wants to do anyways, right? Even if you do have that person in the office, 
they could be better leveraged with their physical proximity doing other things than somebody that is just doing these other tasks to keep systems current, to keep things organized, to keep things on task and always moving forward. And I don't know why we, we necessarily resist it so much as if it's, if it's a crime to, to be more efficient, uh, to get more work done in a more effective way. I've always, I've always wanted to, you know, kind of push that forward. I, I, you know, again, I've, I've built my entire kind of practice, if you will, around scaling, you know, efficiency around doing it with as little people as possible, scaling me as, as much as possible and not having to, to hire out people as much as possible. And, and that's why I'm able to, you know, that's why I've built my sales process the way that it is to, again, attract people. Um, in a way that you know, doesn't require a bunch of manpower. It doesn't require um, you know, a bunch of different people cold calling to bring in the business. It doesn't require a bunch of uh, different producers you know, with the boots on the ground. You know, I've, I've, I've essentially put you know, thousands of myself out there on the internet for people to run across and come across. And, uh, and those are the things that we need to start really considering you know, from a prospecting, from a service standpoint. Uh, what are the things that, you know, we need those services to do? Because again, just even keeping, you know, systems current, you know, if you've got your management system, but you also, you know, maybe have a, a, a quoting platform, you know, like an easy links, or for my case, I've got, you know, HubSpot and, and broker office and our QQ. So I got a couple different platforms, you know, just even keeping those things current without, you know, building a piece of technology and open API to actually sync them in real time. That's something that, you know, again, having a marble box do that is invaluable to having that information always accurate and ready to go. Also to have them, you know, have different lists to ready to deploy to, you know, to sell to instantly because you never know when you want to start cross-selling something and, and just to be able to continue to um, do things differently, right? Uh, just something to think about. Very hodgepodge episode of things, but... At the end of the day, again, I, I think you don't want to be overstaffed because that's no fun, but you also don't want to be understaffed, but you really need to challenge yourself to think of ways that you can get the same amount of work done uh, in the most effective way that you possibly can. All right, going to be honest, like I mentioned earlier in the show, it is the end of a long kind of... Uh, first deadline for open enrollment. Definitely the most busiest. Uh, this is this is where all the magic happens. My brain is is fried. I don't know that I have anything clever to say or anything interesting to add. I'd kind of be curious. This is we're going to a serious question again. What do you guys do? What's what's your holiday function at your agency? What do you do? Is it a Christmas party? Is it a Christmas dinner? Is it a Christmas lunch? What does that look like? When is your office closed? I saw somewhere on Facebook somebody asking somewhere like when when are you closed for the holidays? Do you think we should close down between New Year's or between Christmas and New Year's? Because I don't know. I kind of feel like the whole country should just they say, take it easy. We're going to just enjoy the last week of the year and not really worry about anything. I'm curious. What are your thoughts? But then I feel like eh, that's actually the best time to work because nobody else is working. You actually get the stuff done that you want to get done, much like you know, we've talked about on previous episodes. I'm curious. And then you can go watch that office Christmas party movie that's coming out that I have no idea if it's funny or not, but just curious. What's your holiday party like? And um, is it worth going to? How about that? Ooh. Anyways, joey at girlprogram.com. Let me know all that good stuff. 
and uh, and I'm gonna go not talk to somebody for a while and not put a phone to my ear for a while. So, yeah. Joey at girlprogram.com. See you later.